welcome to That'll Preach. And uh, happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners out there. I hope you guys enjoy all the food, all the family, all the festivities, all that stuff. And uh, we've got an episode here today. We're back with Paul, my co-host, and uh, he is uh, zooming in from New York City, from Brooklyn. From an underground bunker. From an underground bunker. You, <laughs> yeah, we. I think we mentioned this before about your AC unit. That's just like your, yeah, your <laughs> little AC, old 90s AC unit out your window. And you have like three plaques. Did you just, are those brought from your uh, Hillsdale office? No, those are my dad's. Oh, okay. I'm in my well, dad's underground bunker. This is my parents' basement. Oh, gotcha. Now you know exactly where I am. Okay. Yeah. Well, Paul is living in his, par- <laughs> Paul is living in his parents' basement. Uh, and, uh, where, where he should be, but, right. uh, you're, you're going, you're back there, I guess, uh, to celebrate Thanksgiving and do you have any festivities planned? Are you going to go to that, uh, the, the, uh, the parade? I might, I think this might be the year to do it. Every year. Have you I never done myself, that before? No. With the Macy's we, day parade? No, no true New Yorker does that. Nonsense. Really? It's a tourist this is thing. All for tourists. Yeah. Who wants to stand outside in the cold for like five hours to watch like a massive inflated Snoopy? <laughs> <laughs> but you, but you are, you're, you're, you might go this time. I might. I mean, I figured like, yeah, I've got to do that at least once before I die. That's kind of pessimistic, I guess. If you end up going, you should take some pictures and, uh, you know, tell me all about the experience. But, you know, I do. It does seem like a touristy thing. I don't think hard. What do, I mean, what do hardcore New Yorkers do on actual Thanksgiving? Just like chain smoke and go on the subway or something like that? Yeah, you just sit on your stoop and you make fun of you watch the Macy's Day Parade on TV from the comfort of your house. <laughs> and you laugh at you all the laugh people at all the tourists in the cold. Right. Yeah. Well, do you have any uh, traditions for Thanksgiving? You're going to cook a turkey or, you know, uh, there's going to be turkey. There's going to be probably some apple pie. Is I usually any... try to take my hand at try my hand at some new kind of dessert. Do you so have any kind of uh, Egyptian uh, sprinkling, a little sand in the mix? You know what I mean? <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> That's not what I thought you were going with this at all. Okay, yeah. Any um, any Egyptian, you know? Actually, influence? we do we do tend to pair our turkey with hummus, which is a it's a you might be skeptical, but it works instead really? of cranberry sauce. Yeah, hummus on your on your turkey. You know, you I'm not a, I'm not a huge cranberry sauce fan. I actually think that was one of our hot takes from. Oh yeah, because the last time we did this, it's terrible. This is crazy that we've done. This is our third sort of Thanksgiving episode of That'll Preach. Is it we really? Started, I mean, what, this year, 20, yeah, we started in 2020, we would have had a Thanksgiving. Wow. Uh, We've got a little event. three-year-old on our hands. I know. We are raising <laughs> a three-year-old together. <laughs> and since you're from New York City, that's a normal thing. So that's uh, that's fine. We've got the interracial dimension going. We've got the, there's so many ways that we can get canceled here. Yeah, yeah. in this moment. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Great. But, uh, you know, since we're on the topic of Thanksgiving, uh, you've got a couple of thoughts about giving Thanksgiving, uh, of gratitude, of yes. being thankful for things. And uh, because you're a philosopher, you always want to ruin things, ruin things for people. So yes. ruin gratitude for us. What what uh, what do we what do we misunderstand about gratitude? Well, you know that thing that everyone does on Thanksgiving where you sit around the table and everyone shares one thing they're grateful for and it's like, I'm grateful for my health, I'm grateful for my job, I'm grateful for my marriage. And 
And then you walk upstairs and you cry and your mom's like, is everything okay? You're like, it's fine, mom, go away. And then you sit there and you listen to Adele's records and people are like, why are you playing it so loud? And they're wow, just like, Ryan. you got to tune it down. Anyway, I, I feel like I just got a really, really like strong glimpse into your psyche right there. More uh, than just, I ever wanted. Let's just keep it moving, Paul. What are you talking about? <laughs> so you know how people are always saying, I'm thankful for my health, my family, all these different yeah. things. And Basically, we shouldn't be thankful for those things at all. That's right. Yes, we should not be thankful for those things. No, we should we should differentiate gratefulness from just being glad about having things. And what it means to be grateful is to be thankful to someone else for some good thing that you have. So it can't just be some amorphous like you you shouldn't be able to substitute the word glad for grateful whenever you say I'm grateful for something. So it's, gratefulness should go beyond merely, I'm happy that I have health or I'm glad that I have health. Gratitude is specifically, I recognize that I'm the beneficiary and there's a benefactor. I'm the receiver and there's a giver. Someone has given me this good thing and I owe it to them to have this kind of perspective of gratitude. In a nutshell, that's that's the big difference. Whereas when people usually say I'm thankful for X, they mean I'm glad I have an emotional feeling yeah. about X, but in order for it to be truly gratitude, you have to say, I'm grateful for the person, or I guess it'd be a person, right? You, you recognize that someone is giving you this gift. So, so right. for example, like if you're an atheist, really, like you can't really be grateful for your health, but as a Christian, you can, because God is the giver of your health, right? So I'm just thinking about how we can reconceptualize what it means for us to be grateful. So that really when I'm saying I'm grateful for my health, what I'm actually saying is, or what I should be saying is, I am grateful to God that I have this good thing that is my health. Or when when I'm grateful to my spouse, I'm saying I'm grateful to my spouse for their faithfulness or for their help or their service. And it's always oriented towards a person. There has to be a person who's a giver of the gift in order for the attitude to be truly one of gratitude. So you can't be truly grateful without God? Uh, or you have to, in some cases, yeah. Like for, for things like health, things that oh, are sure. not the well, I mean, result I guess you, of, you could be yeah. an atheist and say, I'm grateful that you gave me this money. For oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. There would be a person, but... But uh, these more large abstract things that, yeah, to, as an atheist to say, I'm grateful for my health is kind of just, you, all you're saying is I'm happy that I'm healthy, but you're not really adopting a, a posture of gratitude. There, there was no intention behind what you received you don't yeah you don't believe that it was a gift given to you by someone right to give a gift there has to be an intention but there has to be there. a giver of a gift right, right. And, and the atheist doesn't believe that god is giving them their health or their their being in any way and so they're they can't really be grateful for health i mean i guess you could be grateful to a doctor if you had a recent surgery mm -hmm. but in the sort of like abstract i'm grateful for my health an atheist can't really make sense of that um, because in order for there to be truly gratefulness or gratitude, there has to be a person who is the one giving you the thing that you're grateful for. That's that's what I'm saying is the key ingredient that's missing. So when we say I'm grateful for something, what we, what we should really be saying is I am recognizing that this thing is a gift from someone else to me, and I owe it to them to be grateful. So it's great, gratefulness is something that you're Oh, so you actually owe somebody gratitude. Yes. So there's a, yeah. are you saying there's a moral? Yes. You know, 
part of it? You can't, yeah. If you can't be grateful if the person who gives you the gift re- is required to give you the gift. So an- another way of saying it is we can only be grateful for gifts, not things that are required. So when I tell you, Brian, I'm grateful that you helped me move last week, what I'm saying in that is I owe it to you that I have this attitude where I'm recognizing that what you did for me was a gift. It was grace. It was above and beyond what you had to do. That I didn't do anything wrong if I didn't help you. Right. That's right. Well, what about like if if you're grateful for your parents? Can you be great? Because in a sense, they're obligated to take care of you. Uh, grateful. Are you saying grateful to God for your parents or grateful? No, if, if you say I'm grateful, kind? I'm grateful that my parents took care of me, you know, and provided for me. Well, in a sense, but they, they have to do that. I think, I think there's a sense in which you can, you can say that there's a kind of grace there, like people going above and beyond. Um, or maybe you're, maybe what you're really saying there is I'm grateful to God that I had good parents. I think that's one way to make sense of but it. But your gratitude wouldn't be directed toward your parents. Well, maybe maybe yeah, that's depends. true, though. I guess if your parents just keep you alive, it'd be weird if you're like, I'm grateful you just kept me alive. Right, right. You know, um, but then it's, I guess it's what is, what what is obligated of parents? What's the bare minimum obligated of parents to which if they didn't do that, they'd be morally wrong. You yeah, know and, and, and the details of which are going to be difficult to cash out. But I think your example hits on, hits the nail on the head. So if you go... If you've got an employee and you hire them to do this exact amount of work and they do it, you're not really grateful that they got it done because they were required to. And you're paying right. them to do it, right? right? But if they stay like 14-hour days and they're working on weekends and they're really like putting everything they got to make sure this project runs, then you're like, wow, I'm really grateful to them for this extra work. I'm recognizing that what they're doing is it's a, it's a kind of like going above and beyond. It's grace rather than something that's required. Um, they're not obligated to do it. Okay, so this kind of reminds me of Romans 1, where it's like people didn't honor or give thanks to God. Mm. And God is the source of all things. He gives all life, all that stuff. Right. And, and that's the beginnings of idolatry. So yeah. we're not giving God the gratitude that is due him for the gracious creation he's made and all the blessings exactly. he's given to us. Gracious, right. So, so recognizing it as a gift, like God doesn't owe it to us to give us these things. So everything that we have is, in a sense, a gift from God. So everything we can say, we are grateful to God for this thing. And in saying that, it's a recognition that, that God is the giver, the thing he's giving to us is the gift, and we are the receiver. So there's always this like, you can think of it like a three-part relation. Gratitude is always me being grateful to someone for something else. I am grateful to God for my health. Whereas gladness or happiness is just, I'm glad that I have X. I'm glad that I have you know a puppy or a car or a t-shirt or whatever. But it doesn't require this third person who's the object of my gratitude to be the giver. This makes me think about when people talk about grace, they'll say, you know, God gives us grace or he, you know, he loves us. He blesses us without asking anything in return. Um, And I think that's true in that we can't repay him. But but getting someone gratitude is not repaying them. It's not like a monetary value. It's simply the fitting response. Yes. To grace. So you can be required to do something and then not be earning the thing that was done. Right. right. So God doesn't bless us because he'll get gratitude from it as mm-hmm. if he needs gratitude. And, you know, he's doing it, hoping that you'll give him gratitude. Right. But rather, it's simply he blesses us. But by its very nature, that's the proper response is 
uh, gratitude toward him. Yes. And so the, there's, yeah, so, a, there's a, there's a duty to gratitude. Yes. Right. That, that, that's a good way of putting it. So God or just any giver of a gift in general is owed gratitude from the person who's receiving the gift. So when you do something to me that is over and above what's required, when you give me a gift, my appropriate response, the response that I owe you is a response of gratitude where that just means like I'm adopting an attitude of sort of like humility reverence, like I'm, I'm acknowledging there's a recognition there that I am a beneficiary and you're a benefactor. You went above what's required and you gave me this thing. And that requires a certain attitude or posture on my part. And that's just what we call gratitude. Like the, that thing, that label is just what we call gratitude. So grumpy people who are like, you know, why would I, why, why, why would I express gratitude for some, for you doing something you're supposed to do? They're right. Right. That's right. I mean, technically, yeah, because you can, um, you can really only be grateful for things that are gifts, huh. which is, I mean, that, that's an, it's an important thing to, to recognize. Like it, it, it means that gratitude is not some catch-all term. It's a special attitude and, and it's a word that we reserve for very sp special kinds of recognitions, hmm. which is helpful. So gratitude is not the same as gladness or happiness. It requires there to be me being grateful to you for something else. Uh, gratitude is something that I owe the person who gives me the gift. And I can only be grateful to someone when they do something that's not an obligation. Like the thing that they're giving to me or doing for me is just a total free act. It's a gift. It's a kind of grace in and of itself. Can you be grateful for something that you benefit from that someone else doesn't? So you could say, man, I'm grateful that I wasn't hit by that tornado, but your neighbor was, can you still say that you're grateful for that? Who, who would be the person that you're grateful to there? Oh gosh. God, <laughs> I guess God. <laughs> I mean, I guess in a sense, he doesn't have to spare you. Well, I mean, so think about the, um, the, the, the story that Jesus gives of the, the, the tower two people in the, in the in, well, the two people oh, in the, oh, oh. the temple who are praying, one person yeah. says, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like this sinner almost. Sure. So it's kind of a comparative, it's a false gratitude. Like he's not really, uh. so I mean, th there are definitely malicious ways to manifest false or mistaken gratitude where it's more just you adopt a posture to make yourself seem more humble or reverent than you actually are. That's definitely a worry. Virtue signaling. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's your, your hobby horse. My hobby <laughs> horse. What got you thinking about this? Um, just as a philosopher, you notice things and you notice how people use words incorrectly or inappropriately. And it's been kind of like a pet peeve of mine. How, but it, it, <laughs> how long has this been a pet, pet peeve? It's when been did, 41 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this sort of, this is a pet peeve that started when you were two years old. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, I just, I, I think it's important that we recognize, especially when we've got an entire holiday dedicated to gratitude that we actually just conceptually get a little bit more clear on what it is we're talking about so that it helps us it helps us be more grateful actually and it helps us to recognize that God is the giver of gifts and it helps explain why as Christians there's an um a better explanation or a better way that we can be grateful right because we can actually say things like I'm grateful for my health because implicit in that is I'm grateful to God for my health but I just think that bringing that to the foreground of our thinking helps us be grateful in a more complete way where we recognize that God is the giver of all good gifts. And that's just what it is to be a grateful person. 
and you have to start with what is not owed to you right to understand what you can actually be grateful for yeah and i guess it, it would be too you know you're you're owed um you know the right to live you know so I guess uh, if somebody doesn't kill you, you can't be grateful that they didn't kill you. You know, right, <laughs> right. you're not supposed to kill people. So there's things that you're owed, and then there's things that you're not owed. That when somebody gives it to you, you can you can really receive it as a gift. I mean, there's an interesting question: if like, does God owe you your life? And if not, mm-hmm. then that means I can be grateful to God sure, that I have sure. this life, right? So there are things that there are things that as as a Christian I can be grateful for. That as an atheist, I can't be grateful for. And that's huge, right? It, it it puts a positive spin on all of the good things that I enjoy in my life. Because it it makes them not just sort of haphazard, random uh, good things, but they are actually good gifts that I'm a beneficiary of from the benefactor who is the person, God. Do you consider yourself a grateful person, Paul? I actually, I, I started doing a gratitude journal a few months ago. Are you sitting there thinking, oh, God, I thank God I'm not like the people who don't do gratitude journals? That's right. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I'm not like the people who are so unsophisticated in their thinking that they confuse gratitude and gladness. <laughs> Those plebes. <laughs> so, so tell me about that journal. What do you, I mean, obviously you write grateful that Brian's my friend, that he yes. does a podcast yes. with me. I mean, but we don't right. have to go into that. That's kind of <laughs> like, that's baseline. In fact, that's actually a human right. That you feel <laughs> grateful for me. So, but so I guess you can't even, you don't even feel grateful for me because, no, yeah, that's right. You're supposed to appreciate me. But, um, yeah, what, what, what's that, pra- what's that practice been like? Well, I mean, I, I was reading some of the psychology behind gratitude. And it, a lot of people, if, if you find yourself not enjoying life to the fullest, if you find yourself focusing on the negatives, one good strategy to overcome that is to, Write down the positives and not just that, like write down things that you see as gifts in your life that you can genuinely enjoy. Um, So someone recommended that as a good practice. And I was like, huh, I'll do that because, you know, living in the middle of nowhere Hillsdale and it's cold and there's not much to do. You can sort of like fixate on the negative parts of life. And so I was like, this is probably not a good habit. And I was I was like, there's a lot of good stuff here that I should just focus on more. And so writing that stuff down in the context of, okay, well, I'm grateful to God that I have this job. I'm grateful to my friends that I was able to hang out with them yesterday. I was grateful to my students for, you know, making me brownies and bringing them to like those little things like really help fashion your psychology in a way that shapes your outlook in a positive way on life. And so you begin to enjoy life more. Uh, so it like, it's a very deeply practical way of, of it's, it's a deeply practical strategy for changing your outlook and your perspective. Did you feel your outlook changed? Oh, absolutely. I mean, how long yeah. have you been doing it? Mm, two and a half months, three months. Like the human psychology has a real bent towards focusing on negatives. So you have to do a lot of effort to try to find the positives. But when you do, you find out that your situation is not as miserable as you initially made it out to be. What if so you kind of like, actually yeah. find out that it is and you're writing through and you're like, oh, dang it. It's worse than I thought. that's that's gonna very rarely be the case like unless you're unless you're living in like north korea unless you're living in like an actually horrible war-torn place like part of it is just we're living in america right like if we say this is the greatest country in the world then there's got to be some positives right and like i'm an academic there's a lot of good stuff in my life that i felt like i should focus more on 
And yeah, I took it as a spiritual discipline and it did help. What are some things that you uh, were surprised that you were grateful for or things that you didn't think about that you realize uh, I should be grateful for this? The days where there's nothing obvious, they make you find and focus on the good, mediocre stuff. So I find myself going like, I'm grateful to God that I had three meals today or I had enough money to like pay my rent. So like it forces you to recognize even the things that you normally take as given or for granted as good gifts from God that you are not owed. That's still like, you're like, my goodness, it's blistering cold outside. And yet I have like a roof on my head and heat. Like it really does change your perspective. And so I highly recommend it to, uh, to you, Brian, to everyone, all of our listeners, especially in this season of thanks. It does wonders for your psychology. It really does. I heard a guy say that uh, the the uh, the healthy man wants a million things. The sick man only wants one. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, there's some wisdom in that. You know, sometimes the gratitude stuff, though, it, it, it stresses me out because I'm like, I, I don't know why. You, you you think about the things that are you're grateful for, and then you're like, they could be taken away so quickly. So uh, maybe that's just that's the eternal true. pessimist in me. So sometimes I don't want to think about what I'm grateful <laughs> for because I don't want to think about what I can lose in, a, in an instant, you know? Because I'm strange and messed That's up. So weird. Yeah. Well, wow, that was not what you're, you're supposed to be like. Ah, <laughs> I hear you. That must be hard. But you were just straight up, just like you're weird and. No, you know. at first I was like, oh yeah, I could see that, and then I was like, no, I, I don't see that. <laughs> <laughs> this is real talk. This is real talk. You'd be yeah, great. And, and that is weird. So you don't like to be grateful because you're. No, worried. I'm being, I'm being yeah. a little hyperbolic. I just think. Okay. Sometimes I don't know. It's like when people say, you know, live in the moment and count your blessings. I'm just like, that's just going to make me think about my mortality and the fleetingness of life. And now everything can be stripped away in a second, which Maybe they say, you're. I know they say you're supposed to think about it, but I'm like, hmm, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing it to is. think about. It is. But I think it, uh, it puts things in a positive perspective. That's true. I mean, maybe it's yeah, so many of our anxieties are just avoiding grappling with all kinds of things. Yeah. I suppose. But uh, if yeah, you, that's a- yeah, if you take like, I don't know, if you read the Psalms, like there's a lot of everything and everything in my life is here and could be snatched in the moment, but I'm, I'm enjoying having it now. Or like I experienced what it was like to go without those. And now I have them. And now I truly see that health or friendship, like these are actually great, good things because I didn't have them at one point. So yeah, having that perspective really just I don't know. It seems just like a more complete way to live your life. We don't often think too about how a lot of the uh, epistles, like you think about Paul and Peter and James, and these were probably written when these guys were a little older. You know, Mm -hmm. Paul was maybe in his 60s, something like that. And so they have a perspective that uh, might escape people who are younger. They're closer to death. I think Paul is writing a lot of his letters, knowing that death is coming soon. Peter Mm -hmm. certainly is. Jesus told him his death was coming soon. Right. And uh, he essentially is told that John's going to outlive him, it seems like, at the end of the Gospel of John. And I think that's an angle that uh, I want to look into a little more, how their age and how their experience and how their perspective in the twilight years of their life shapes the doctrine and the way they speak and the way they talk. It, it almost seems, I almost wonder if, like, because they were older when they wrote these letters, there's a a um, a greater understanding um, of God's faithfulness, of how God works often slowly through time, and of the importance of virtue and long suffering, and really having the long game in mind. Hmm. 
And uh, so I think we, we often skip over that, that these are older guys who are writing these letters. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah. gratitude. Gratitude's huge. And all of the letters, you know, and Paul and Peter, John, all these letters, they, they're, they're very full of gratitude and mm-hmm. joy. And, and those things are often linked. Like in Thessalonians, there's the command to rejoice always, yeah. pray always, and then always give thanks. So it's interesting that it's a command there. So, you know, there's a recognition that there is, and God is owed thanks for these things. And it's coupled with joy. To the extent that you're a grateful person, to that extent, you will be a joyful person because joy, and we could do a whole other podcast on this, joy is is being able to rest in a good thing. And so recognizing that you have this good thing is joy, and then being thankful for it almost like completes or makes greater the joy because you recognize that it's a gift from someone else. This reminds me of uh, Louis C.K., one of his bits, which, uh, I mean, not that Louis C.K. is appropriate or, you know, but- Right, uh, right, right, yeah. But he's got this great bit where he's talking about people who are like ungrateful on a plane because they don't have Wi-Fi. And he's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> you realize you're sitting in a tube that's shooting through the sky that can take you across miles an hour. Country, yeah. yeah. Across continents in a couple hours that used to take months, you know, and that you, right. and that you will survive more likely than not. And uh, it does put things into perspective. I wonder if part of our ingratitude in this age is because everything is so good and we i think the modern technology and advance and all that stuff makes the incredible comfort in which we live as a baseline seem mundane and then yeah. so we we you know we have to rise up and think well good life is now these extra things that are way beyond anything that we should ever expect or is guaranteed yeah. and uh when in fact if we realize just how much we're coasting on Mm-hmm. How much we just are walking through a world of incredible blessing, we might be happier. What do well, you think? That, that, that sense of entitlement is totally corrosive to gratitude because the more you think that something is owed to you, the less, I mean, that, that just destroys your ability to be grateful for it, right? So if you think everything is just, I've got, I am due this thing, I'm owed this thing, and my life is supposed to have this level of comfort, this like standard of extravagance and luxury, and, and that just keeps getting higher and higher and higher. So as the bar gets higher for what you think you're entitled to, you're just not going to be grateful for any of those things. But if you think actually everything that I have is is actually a gift and can be taken away at any moment, that'll put you in a gratitude position pretty quickly. Or get you stressed out being like any moment, <laughs> any moment. You don't feel that way, Paul? Ever, ever just like, oh, any moment could be all. I mean, a little bit. I'm but just it does, neurotic. It, yeah, but it doesn't. It definitely does make you grateful. Because yeah. like comparatively, you're just like, we we live in the top 1% like of history in terms of our standard of living, sure. which is just crazy. Like if you make $50,000 or more a year, you're in the top 1% globally. And that's like, that's huge. That is insane to think about. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, if you're, if you're getting like, if you're in a war zone and you're getting bombed out and you're like, oh, I'm grateful I lived another day, you're not going to wake up Tuesday being like, everything's great. You're going to be like stressed out that everything, you get blown up today. So that's, that's true. That's true. So yeah. where's your answer to that? Huh? Are you going to journal through that? Oh, look, I, I got to go. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I get what you mean, though. I mean, yeah. I think in a general thing. And even I think even in I know people who suffer greatly, they find gratitude to be very powerful. And um, I think that's inspiring when you see the resiliency of people who suffer. And yet they can still be truly grateful for all that they have. I yeah. think that's right. I think I think, in fact, it's flipped. Like it's the people who are 
who don't have the most that are the most grateful. And it's almost like inversely correlated. The more things you have, almost the more you feel entitled to it and the less you're going to be grateful. But the, the family that has nothing, but you know, they're just grateful that they're able to get by and they've got God's provision is just like one day at a time. Like there you really see it as a gift from God. Um, but to the extent that you've got so much comfort and so much of a safety net to fall back on, then that sense of it being a gift is kind of eroded. And so maybe that. Well, yeah. but that's important though, because I don't think the person who has all the comforts should be like, these are bad or I should get rid of them. Sure. I think gratitude is the antidote where you say, I'm grateful that I do have these things. I'm grateful that I do have these blessings that other people don't have. And I want to steward them well and help when I can. But, you know, it's sort of, we're not trying to go to like <laughs> communism or something where, you know, the, the answer to the inequality is is uh, pure equality or something like that. But rather being grateful for things that you have. You don't agree with me. You, you, you There's that <laughs> smile. You think you're a communist. I'm not a communist. I don't think the government has any role in any of this. But I do think that, I, I think that like the warnings against uh, material comfort in the gospels are there for a reason. Because they do, it's not a, it's not a matter of fact. It's not necessary, as you say. Like yeah. you, you can definitely have things and be grateful. Yeah. But the warnings about like, like which riches coming and choking out the gospel and making it so that you're not reliant and, and undermining faith. These are just, I mean, we are human creatures. We're not robots. We're not immaterial minds. And to the extent that we feel comfortable naturally, to that extent, it's going to be more difficult to be grateful and to exercise faith and to see everything as, as a gift from God. Like your utter reliance and dependency is only made known to you in cases where everything is stripped away. Um, and so I think there's a trade-off, like to the extent that we have nothing, we're forced to encounter our reliance, we're forced to have faith and be grateful. The opposite extent of, or the opposite extreme of that is we've got everything and it almost becomes cloudy. We don't, we don't see God. We don't see our need for faith. Well, I appreciate your stance though, as like, I know you, you say as a professor, every year you want to get paid less and less to stave that off, right? I mean, my, my, my salary keep, is like telling, nothing. I know, but you're like, <laughs> You do the reverse raise. You're like, please pay me less so I can be more grateful, right? That's what you do. And uh, I mean, I, one, I, one, one, <laughs> one. All future of... employers, Paul. Every year he gets cheaper. <laughs> Professors make like no money. I, yeah, we could we could talk about that, but the academic should, life is not a should, good one. You think they should make more money? It depends on what you mean by should. Like, is the service that they're providing one that warrants this much? Maybe. Um, but like, would it be good on the individual level to give most of that away? At least most of the disposable income away. I think that's, yeah, I think that's You can give true. it away to me and I'll be grateful for it. That's I'll right. be grateful to you that you give me half your salary. I love you way. too much to give you more money. Buddy. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. I appreciate that. No, it's good. It's good stuff. I mean, I, I do think about like at the end of Timothy, first Timothy, where he talks about, you know, tell the rich not to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. But then he mm -hmm. says, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. And so yeah. there's a sense of like, riches are uncertain. They can be taken away. Don't set your hopes on them. Yeah. But also enjoy the things that you have. And I think yeah. in order to enjoy it, you have to be grateful. So right. It's kind of, like you said, joy is tied to gratitude. and Well, even, even, even that the same, I think it's right after that same passage in Timothy, where he says, let us learn to be content with food and clothing and shelter. And so there is a kind of like, yeah. Joy is being able to rest in the good thing and not not have a craving for more. Because yeah. to the extent that you're enjoying, you're not focusing on wanting something else, right? And so when you're wanting something else, it's because you're not currently enjoying what you have. And we could do a whole other series on this. There's a lot of good stuff to unpack, but 
This yeah. was good even for myself just to process it out loud. Well, this is that'll be $120 for your counseling session <laughs> that we're going to post online now. So I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad I can help you. Yeah, there you yeah. go. There you go. Well, uh, we hope you guys have a happy Thanksgiving. Appreciate you guys dropping in, listening to this. Make sure you subscribe, follow us on Instagram. That'll preach podcast. And uh, we appreciate all of you guys. And we are grateful for all of you. You don't have to listen to this, but somehow you do for some reason. Whatever reason that is, we're grateful. So have a happy Thanksgiving and we'll see you guys next time.